IndyCar fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. After a long holiday weekend, including fireworks on and off the track in the Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio, we've got some big news. Beginning with this episode, for the next two months, the show becomes Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway as we welcome our new partners to the show. We will continue to give serious race fans of the NTT IndyCar Series an into-the-paddock and inside-the-cockpit look at the sport featuring some of the biggest names and stars in IndyCar. And one of the highlights of the season is the annual Saturday Night Showdown, the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway in Madison, Illinois on Saturday, August 20th. Worldwide Technology Raceway Executive Vice President and General Manager Chris Blair will join us a bit later to talk about why that race is one of the top events on the schedule and some of the great new promotions for this season. Make plans now to be part of the action by visiting www.wwtraceway.com and www.bomarito.com. But first, let's take a look back at the Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio. Scott McLaughlin at Team Penske was the grand finale on IndyCar's 4th of July weekend at Mid-Ohio, but it was Andretti Autosport drivers Alexander Rossi and Roman Grosjean that supplied the fireworks. McLaughlin won his second career NTT IndyCar Series victory by claiming the checkered flag in Sunday's Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio, presented by the all-new 2023 Honda Civic Type R. He defeated defending NTT IndyCar Series champion Alex Pillow by 0.5512 of a second and led 45 laps in the 80-lap race. His parents are in the United States from New Zealand and finally saw their son score his first IndyCar win in person, his second overall. And now for the real fireworks. On lap 59, the battle between Andretti Autosport teammates Roman Grosjean and Alexander Rossi finally reached a boiling point. After initial contact earlier on the lap, the two finally crashed into each other in turn four, sending both cars off course and into the gravel trap. More beating and banging ensued between the Andretti Autosport teammates for the next several laps, and Grosjean, who was one lap down, was told by the team to take the checkered flag in pit lane. Team owner Michael Andretti was furious and called an impromptu meeting with the two drivers afterwards. Rossi did not comment after the meeting, but Grosjean said, it wasn't pleasant, but necessary. 
Grosjean also called Rossi, quote, an absolute idiot. Rossi announced on June 2nd that he would be leaving Andretti Autosport and joining Aero McLaren SP Racing beginning in 2023. While Andretti Autosport appears to be in turmoil, over at Team Penske, the fabled operation appears to be in high gear. All three drivers have won races in 2022, with Joseph Newgarden winning three times, Will Power once, and Scott McLaughlin getting his second victory on Sunday at Mid-Ohio. I caught up with McLaughlin after his win at the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course for this exclusive interview for Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway, is Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio race winner, Scott McLaughlin, a Team Penske, your second career IndyCar win. Do you feel like a full-time IndyCar driver now, or do you still feel a little bit like a supercar driver that's <laughs> coming to IndyCar? I'm still a little bit of a hybrid, um, but at the end of the day, uh, it proves St. Pete was no fluke, and we're, we're, we're in the fight, you know, and um, we're, we're, we've known that for a while. It's just about putting the pieces of the puzzle together, and thankfully we are able to get it done today, and, and I, I, I'm really proud of everyone in the car three, and, and um, Odyssey Battery Chevy was, uh, you know, hooked it was hooked today. It was hooked yesterday, and, and to, to deliver was a very proud moment. At the end of the race, you had a battle with Alex Pillow of Chip Ganassi Racing. If you could take us over the last portion of the race, especially the final restart, where you were able to hold him off and get some open up a gap and a distance to where you were able to drive to victory. Yeah, look, it was it was difficult. All the restarts and stuff were, were full on, but you know we were able to you know conserve the strategy, conserve what we were needed to do. And, um, you know, Alex was super fast. If anything, he was probably faster than me. Um, but I was able to hold him off there on red tires and black tires. So I'm very thankful for that. As far as what this does for you for the season, it's your second victory in 2022. The only other driver that's got multiple victories is your teammate at Team Penske, Joseph Newgarden, who has three do you feel that really sets you up in a good position to battle for the championship? Yeah, look, I think Joseph's proving that the package that we have, you can deliver with it. And, um, you know, I think uh, I've got really good yardsticks there and Joseph and Will who are at the peak of their powers and I'm trying to learn off them as much as I can. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of pressure having those guys as a teammate because you know that, you know, they're going to be at the front every time and you've got to hit your laps all the time. But when you do, it's very satisfying. A day like today is very satisfying. You won the season opening race back in February on the streets of St. Petersburg, the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, which was a street race. Today was a road course race. Had you won that oval race at Texas Motor Speedway that you barely lost it by uh, to Joseph Newgarden, you would have been winning the people ready uh, $1 million uh, challenge. Uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, look, it's um, it's a little bittersweet at the end of the day, but uh, you know, I'm proud to continue to add uh, to my charity, the Memorial Sloan Kettering uh, Cancer Center, and you know, it's uh, you know, awesome to be able to do that. And and I think what people already do there is pretty special for the for the for the whole uh, you know whole series. But um, yeah, proud for us. You know, we're competing. You know, exactly where we want to be, and exactly where you know Benny and me talked about it at the start of the year. Benny, my engineer, um, you know, he's really brought out even more out of me and, and I'm really proud of that. Team Penske president Tim Sendrick told me yesterday that you were exactly where he thought you would be at this stage in your career. Do you feel that way? And if so, how hard is it 
as a second year driver to not want to get out there and try to win every race to know that it's going to take time before you're in that position. Yeah, it's difficult. You know, you, you, you come across with a lot of competitiveness. You come across being at the peak of your powers in, in a sport that you're comfortable in. Um, and then you go to a sport that you have no idea what, what's ahead. And, um, you know, trying to control your emotions in that is, is difficult. But, you know, uh, you know, through the adversity, I grew as a person, I grew as a driver, and I'm really proud where we are right now to be a two-time race winner in 2022 season is a really awesome thing. You're from New Zealand, but your wife's from Queens, New York, and you've mentioned one day that you want to become a United States citizen. You want an IndyCar race on 4th of July weekend. How cool is that for Scott? It's awesome. I mean, there's not much more American I can get, you know. <laughs> it's uh, certainly a very cool thing. Um, you know, the, probably the icing on the cake would be having uh, Carly here, but, uh, you know, certainly really proud to be able to do it, do the business, get it done, and, and um, on 4th of July weekend, a special weekend for America. And, um, yeah, one day I'll be in a U.S. citizen. I, I mark my words, and, and uh, you know, I can't wait to be. Your wife Carly wasn't here, but your parents were from New Zealand. And how awesome was that to have them here to see you win? Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I, I kind of like, you know, midway th- on the on the inlap, I'm like, oh yeah, mum and dad are here. I sort of half like kind of forgot. You know, I was like, this is awesome to have them have them here. And I saw them on the big screen, and it was pretty funny. So uh, excited, um, excited to have them here. Want to win more? They're here for another few more races yet. So uh, I think we can get a few more done. It was a hot day. It was a hot weekend. This is always a little bit of a treacherous course. How tough was the race for you out there today? It was tough. You know, some guys ran the cool suit, some didn't. Um, you know, I felt like my fitness was right up the speed that I needed it to be. Um, but it was tough because mentally draining here. You don't get many breaks. It's just, it's a big push the whole whole way. And when you're saving fuel, you're saving tires, brakes, all that sort of stuff, it's difficult, you know, and restarts. You know, it's a it's a hard game on the mind, but, um, you know, really proud to get it done. And, and it really, I guess it's, it's helping me grow as a driver. And it seems like across the board, all three drivers of Team Penske are having a very good year. Will Power spun out on the second lap of the race, dropped all the way back to last place. He finished on the podium in third place. It really seems like from top to bottom, Team Penske's having a great year this year. Yeah, look, things work your way, and, and obviously that worked out well for Will. It's fantastic for his championship. He can press on. It's a massive recovery from those guys. And, you know, obviously yellow flags helped everyone in, in some ways, apart from the front guys. Um, but, you know, we're uh, you know proud at Team Penske to continue the trend of, you know, double podiums and winning races. I think we've won the last sort of three races in a row. So it's, um, you know, really, it's really awesome for us, and we'll just continue to build as a team and, you know, and enjoy this but you know we've got a lot of work to do in the next couple of weeks the team penske charter is about ready to aboard so i'm going to let you go so that you can enjoy the rest of the fourth of july weekend but honda indy 200 at mid ohio race winner scott mclaughlin of team penske congratulations and thank you for joining us on pit pass indy presented by the bomberito automotive group 500 at worldwide technology raceway thank you bruce appreciate it We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. 
Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or... For household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Welcome back to this week's edition of Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Jimmy Johnson got a head start on his 4th of July celebration with the best road race of his career in Sunday's Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio, presented by the all-new 2023 Honda Civic Type R. The American Legion driver achieved NTT IndyCar Series career highs for a street and road course finish when he started 27th and finished 16th. He was running as high as 15th before he was passed by Colton Herta for that position in the closing laps of the race. By advancing nine positions from where he started, it was the best for Johnson on a street and road course. His IndyCar career high for any race was an improvement of 12 positions when he started 18th and finished 6th on the 1.54-mile oval at Texas Motor Speedway in the March 20th Expel 375. Johnson and his number 48 Carvana American Legion team celebrated the statistical improvement when he drove his American Legion-inspired Carvana livery back to the pit area after the race. Earlier in the weekend, I caught up with the seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion as IndyCar hits the halfway point of the season for this exclusive interview on Pit Pass Indy presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway is Jimmy Johnson, driver of the number 48 Carvana American Legion Honda at Chip Ganassi Racing. Jimmy, we're pretty much at the halfway point of the season. You've looked pretty good on the ovals, but I know that you want to really look good on the street and road courses. So how do you feel the development is going with that? And how important is that going to be to close out the season in 2022 in a similar fashion to the way you did in 2021? Yeah, I'm really enjoying my experience and I feel like be, you know more comfortable in the car. And uh, I just wish that it was translating to a bit more lap time week in and week out on the street and road courses. But, you know, I'm on this journey. I'm, I'm all in and doing everything I can each and every week and look forward to a fun weekend. As far, though, as your oval racing, very good at Texas. 
You were extremely good during the month of May at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Race day was a different challenge altogether because, as you said, once you got shuffled to the back, very hard to pass back there. You recently tested at Iowa Speedway, which is going to be a doubleheader, the High V doubleheader weekend there. Pretty good speeds. How did the car feel in the short oval setup? Yeah, that was a pretty big change of uh, you know, change of experience for me, and I was very thankful to have the day there. I think as a group, CGR, we, we hope to have a bit more pace than we did ultimately at the end of the day. But for my own journey and getting used to that track, uh, the amount of shifting you do in such a short period of time. I mean, at times you're down three gears for the turn and back up three gears on each straightaway. Um, understanding the line, the setup of the car, the speed, how rough it is. It was my first time ever at that track. Um, I feel for myself personally, uh, I came a long way, but I think as a group, we, we still have a bit of speed to find. How do you feel your progress is going on the streets and road courses? Talking to some of the guys on your crew, they feel that they see the progress, you feel the progress, it may not show up in the results, so that's gotta be a little frustrating. Yeah, that, that's honestly, it is frustrating. That's the part that I wish would show. Um, you know, I feel like I've had some unfortunate breaks at different times when we were ready to shine, when I was ready to shine, um, and just haven't got it. So I'll just keep digging, you know, I'll just keep after. We've got a lot of racing left in the season and I hope to uh, have that stuff shine through. What type of bond have you started with your engineer, Eric Cowden? He's, uh, it's, it's a great bond. Um, I feel like from the first conversation I had with him, uh, there was a connection that was there. And, and I think that Dario, um, Mike Hall, you know, the whole executive group at, at Ganassi was very mindful in finding the right fit for me, especially at this part of my journey in IndyCar and, and did a great job with that. And also to have Blair Julian on your radio, he has to pretty much be a calming influence in almost every type of situation. He's got that New Zealand personality where he doesn't seem to really get ruffled. What's it like having that calming voice in your ear? I think it's great to have uh, Blair on our program. Um, when he speaks on the radio, he speaks with so much experience and understanding of, of what's going on in the race. And, and I think that's been a very helpful layer to myself and the team. Um, plus, you know, the job that he had before where he is now, um, he's able to look over the wall and, and help steer individuals on our team and, and help them, you know, perform at a higher level mechanically too. So it's a really good combination. Is he a little more calming than all those years you spent with Chad Knauss? <laughs> you know, he really reminds me of Ron Malik, you know, who was my car chief for many years, really my whole time in Cup. Uh, so it's crazy to, to see so many similar personality traits between the two. And honestly, an ascension through each company that they're working for is the same thing. I mean, Ron was an over-the-wall guy, moved to a, a more senior role and managed all of the, the mechanics. And Blair has just made that same transition too. So it really reminds me of Ron. Hey, one of the races tracks you tested at during the summer break was Iowa Speedway. There's going to be two races there. They're both going to be day races. The heat of the day in Iowa, you had pretty good lap times. How did you like that track and how well do you feel that you'll do there when, you know, for back-to-back -back day races in Iowa in the middle of the summer? Yeah, we, we had a great day. I feel like I learned a lot on the track. Uh, the crazy thing is... I knew it was, I felt like it was hot when we were there and it was only June. I can only imagine what a doubleheader is going to be like in that heat. Um, so not only, you know, do I need to make sure that I'm on my game on the oval, but also hydration and nutrition to, to, to be able to hang on the wheel and do my job is going to be a big part of that. Now, I know that you say you want to remain an IndyCar driver and that you're working toward a deal for next year. And Chip said 
he foresees the team being status quo in 2023. So how are things progressing in that regard to be able to get a deal buttoned up that you can announce at some point? Yeah, we're, we're hopeful, um, you know, that things progress as they should. I, I think that it's still a little early in the year. Um, we would love to have everything buttoned down, um, you know, now or if not, maybe a month earlier. But, you know, we're, we're working hard on things and there's a ton of interest. Um, you know, I'm enjoying what I'm doing here and we'll, uh, you know, we'll kind of see where the summer takes us. But one way or another, you feel confident you'll be standing here again next year talking to the IndyCar media? Well, I, there's... There's a lot to consider, and I, 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 it's hard to say that I can guarantee sponsors will want to come back, and I can guarantee that you know it's it's, uh, it's going to fit and work, and everything's going to work out. Uh, but you know that's the intent for sure. Hey, last question: IndyCar is going to race at a track here in August, the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 Worldwide Technology Raceway. In spite of the fact that they've hosted NASCAR races before, I don't believe you've ever raced there before in NASCAR. So what do you see as the challenges of that particular track? You know, if I go back far enough, I could say I did run in a, in a Bush Series race there. Um, I drove in the Kingsford car for Tad Geschechter back in, I think, had to be like 99 maybe, something like that, a long, long time ago. Um, I have tested there in a cup car before the repave, but uh, you're right, I have very little experience on that track, but it's, uh, I'm so happy to see the resurgence that's happened there, the commitment to the track. I know the IndyCar drivers and teams really enjoy going there and they put on a great show. Um, so I'm excited to get there and, and see what happens. Jimmy Johnson, driver of the number 48 Carvana American Legion Honda for Chip Ganassi Racing. Good luck the rest of the season. Thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Awesome. Thank you, buddy. Our next guest is Chris Blair, the Executive Vice President and General Manager of Worldwide Technology Raceway, home of the Bomberito Automotive Group 500. He talks about some of the exciting promotions for the fans and why the IndyCar race under the lights in August is such a popular event. Joining us today is Chris Blair, the Executive Vice President and General Manager of Worldwide Technology Raceway. Chris, we have some pretty big news today as Pit Pass Indy becomes Pit Pass Indy presented by Worldwide Technology Raceway, home of the Bomberito Automotive Group 500. Chris, thank you for joining us and explain, uh, you know, the excitement level that's already happening in your area for the big IndyCar race. Well, it's actually August 20th, so I'll give you that one. But uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's shaping up really well. There's a lot of excitement this year. You know, the event's always done really, really well. And one of the things that we've always been, you know, we've been asked by our fans is when can we get silver crown cars on that same weekend? So, uh, you know, we have a good lineup with Vintage Indy and Indy Lights and Pro 2000. Well, this year we're, uh, we're bringing in the USAC Silver Crown Series on Friday night as part of our Coors Light Bowl night. So uh, that's going to add you know, even more incentive for the fans to come in and make a weekend out of it. So we're expecting a really good show with that. And uh, you know, we're always trying to do uh, more and more things with this race to make it you know, different so it's never the same show twice. And I think that's going to be a big part of it. And uh, I think we're riding a pretty good wave. Uh, it seems like IndyCar is doing well with their events, and we're doing well with our events. So I think we're going to see a fantastic event uh, when it comes time to come here to St. Louis. 
When the IndyCar Series returned to your track back in 2017, it was a sold-out crowd, packed crowd, under the lights, a lot of excitement, big buzz. A lot of fans have returned to that race every year. It's become one of the highlights of the schedule. What do you see as being one of the secrets as to why that race has succeeded? Well, I think part of it, you know, we're the last oval race of the season. So, you know, fans, the diehard fans who really love oval racing, this is the, the last chance you can see that. Uh, you know, I, I always kind of joke and say we're the uh, IndyCar Oval World Finals. But, uh, you know, you get that part, the close proximity to the, the true fan base. I mean, three and a half hours, you can be here from Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And uh, it's an easy drive. A lot of folks can hop in their car and buzz down, check out the race, and still get home that evening. So I think that has a lot to do with it. We're right in the middle of IndyCar country. There's a lot of fans around here and uh, you know, a lot of short track fans who also love IndyCar. And, you know, so we're we're pretty aggressive at trying to promote to the grassroots fans as well as the, the diehard fan base. They, they've had enough time to recover from the Indy 500 when uh, when our race rolls around. So they're, you know, they're uh, back in the mood to see, you know, some great racing one more time before they call the season. And also this year's race begins a little bit earlier than normal. It will be an evening race rather than a true Saturday night race. So will that really help uh, maybe encourage more fans to make it a day trip from the Midwest, from Indiana, or even from the other side of Missouri? That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, you know, yeah, we are a couple hours earlier, which, uh, you know, based on the, the projections of what we've seen with past events, we should be doing victory lane ceremonies around 745, which is, usually the time we're just getting started. So, you know, 745, we get people out of the parking lots uh, and on their way home, uh, you know, they won't be a late night at all for them. So uh, uh, I think that'll be, you know, a tremendous, it's, it's a good experiment for us, really. You know, we're going uh, going out on a limb here to try this. We did this really to uh, accommodate the TV window. Uh, first and foremost, make sure we were on uh, USA Network and, and not uh, over on Peacock. So that's one of the reasons that we, had to go that time slot is order to fit the TV window. But, you know, we've got some good lead-ins, and, um, you know, we still have a full day of racing. That's the thing. We've always you know, crammed a whole lot into a day of racing here at the track, and uh, we still have just as much content as we have. We're going to start early uh, Saturday morning. I think the first car is going track at 9 o'clock, and then we race all the way through the end of the IndyCar race. And, uh, yeah, we're looking at for some other options. We may do some music afterwards or uh, – you know, we'll also have our fan walk, uh, track walk after the race is over so people can get out and experience some of that. So, um, you know, it's it's going to be a fun day. And, again, this might make it a little easier for some folks who didn't want to have to get a hotel room or uh, were concerned about driving back later in the evening. You know, this gives them perfect opportunity to get home and, uh, and still get a great day of racing in. Now, one of the things your track is famous for is the fireworks that happen both on the uh, parade lap and also at the end of the race. So are you investing in a different type of fireworks since it's going to be more of the daytime than under the lights? Well, you know, we did some experimentation with our NASCAR Cup race a few weeks back uh, on the parade lap. It was a daytime race. It was a Sunday afternoon race. And we had uh, the response has been absolutely incredible. So we're looking at some of those same uh, concepts, same pyro company. Uh, I think it's going to give us an opportunity to have, uh, you know, it'll be dark enough when the race ends, we should have a really good post-race show. So I think it's, uh, the fans are still going to get their money's worth. They're going to get more bang for their buck. It'll, it'll go really well. Now, you brought up a really good point. You were a host of a NASCAR Cup Series race in June. How much will those two races complement each other, the NASCAR Cup Series race and the NTT IndyCar Series race? 
Well, I think one of the things the fans are going to notice right away is that by us now having two major oval events instead of just one, uh, it's really enabled us to invest a lot more in the facility. So you're going to see a lot of changes when you come into the track. There's going to be a lot of things that just look different. We really invested in our wow factor. Uh, so I think the fans are going to be pleasantly surprised with that. And the great thing about it is, is you know, having that race uh, early in June, it's early enough that uh, that you know the fans can you know get uh, rebound financially to in order to buy tickets if they did come to the NASCAR race. But you know, the one good thing about it is uh, the just the overall awareness of the venue. So now that people know, uh, a lot of people who might not have been able to make it to the Cup race, they they know what we're doing here. They know how great the IndyCar event is. And I think we may see, you know, it's that old saying that, uh, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. Well, we're, we're hoping that that plays true with this and we see a really good response. And, you know, right now ticket sales are strong. And I think we're going to see a good event. Uh, and the fans are going to really enjoy what they've seen that we've done different here with the racetrack as well. A lot of people believe some of the best IndyCar races that you can see are on the short ovals. Even though your track's a little more over a mile in length, it's still considered a short oval. What is it about short oval racing and the NTT IndyCar series that puts on such an exciting show? Yeah, I think part of it is just it keeps everybody, you know, bunched up. Uh, you, you still get the sensation of speed. Uh, you know, when you're at our place, you're the straightaways. We've got some of the longest straightaways in racing. Uh, you know, for a mile and a quarter track to have straightaways as long as we do, it really gives the opportunity for the cars to get spooled up. And the unique shape of our track, uh, you know, it, it's unlike anything else out there. So uh, it makes it a driver's track. It, it keeps the, the field bunched up. You know, there's a lot, I know the IndyCar is working on a lot of different things, too, that are going to make this year's race exciting. I think there's going to be some announcements coming out in the next couple of weeks of some modifications they're going to do. And, uh, you know, it, it makes it a really good show. You know, we lengthened the distance of the race a few years ago. Jay Fry came back to us and said, hey, if we lengthen the race, uh, we're going to be able to get another pit stop in. And that should, uh, um, you know, make the overall strategy of the show much better. And it, it has. It's played out. You know, the racing has been fantastic every year. So, uh, uh, you know, now I think with the way the format goes, everybody's on the gas early. You can't lag back and conserve too much because on these short ovals, you can get lapped pr fairly quickly. So, uh, you know, everybody has to be on the gas and on the go to really make it work. And, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons I think people see such great racing here at this track. And when you look at the past winners of the NTT IndyCar Series race at, in the Bomberito Automotive Group 500, it's the biggest names in the series that have won there. But one driver's gotten a victory lane more often than anyone else, and that's Joseph Newgarden of Team Penske. He's a three-time winner, including a victory last year. I guess in a lot of ways, uh, you've got to start with him when you look at the favorites to win in 2022. Yeah, and that's been one of the things. You know, Joseph, from the very beginning, is uh, you know, he's one of the first people to even test on this track uh, years ago when we were making the comeback. And it's just there's something about this track that just suits him. And, uh, you know, he, he does well every year. Uh, and there's and it's never been a case where he just simply ran away with it. He's always, you know, challenged and had to fight for the win. So um, it, it makes it, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. While he is the favorite, there's really no favorites, I think, when it comes to some of these races because so much can happen. And, uh, but, you know, he's got a pretty good handle on the track so far, but there's some other guys too, that are always you know, knocking on the door. And it's just a, a lot of it really boils down to luck too, because this is one of those tracks where if you're not having a, a good day, it's going to grab you pretty quickly. And wrapping up here with Chris Blair, the executive vice president and general manager of worldwide technology raceway. Are there, is there anything you can tell our fans and our listeners, uh, ticket packages, maybe some specials some promotions, 
for this year's Bomberito Automotive Group 500. It'll be held on August 20th at your track and, and how they can purchase tickets. Yeah, so you can go to www.raceway.com and we have a variety of different ticket packages that are available. Uh, you know, depending on you know, exactly what you want to see, uh, there's something to fit every budget and every interest. Uh, you know, I always like to mention too, you know, John Bomarito and his group, they have that Bomarito Automotive Group experience down in turn four that's, you know, just absolutely over the top. It's like going to a nightclub and, and a race breaks out. Uh, you can go to bomarito.com. They actually sell some of the packages themselves for that for that experience. So we got you know, something for everyone. And, uh, you know, again, with this, uh, this addition of the silver crown race, we're hoping a lot of people come over and take in both days of racing. So there's, uh, there's uh, it's going to be a fantastic show with them as well. There's nothing like the, uh, the champ cars on this track. And, uh, so, you know, there's lots of different packages. We, you know, check them out. Uh, and, uh, if you're coming over and want to party, uh, as we always like to try to drive that point home too, don't forget about the rumble before the roar, which we have on Saturday, uh, which is one of the best deals in racing. I think if you buy it in advance, it's 25 bucks. It's pretty much an all-you-can-drink uh, uh, party package leading into the race, and a lot of folks love that package, so that's something to be checking out. Well, it's always one of the highlights of the schedule. This year, it's on August 20th. Chris Blair, the Executive Vice President and General Manager of Worldwide Technology Raceway. Good luck this year. We'll be hearing a lot from you between now and then. And thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomarito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate it. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. We want to thank our guest, Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio winner Scott McLaughlin of Team Penske, Jimmy Johnson of Chip Ganassi Racing, and Chris Blair, the Executive Vice President and General Manager of Worldwide Technology Raceway. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guest helped make Pit Pass Indy presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway, your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. And we especially want to thank our new partners, the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Make plans now to see one of the biggest and best IndyCar Series races of the season on Saturday, August 20th. For more information, go to www.wwtraceway.com and www.bomarito.com. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin. And final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.